Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. And that morning sky's going to be a little cloudy and uh, rainy this morning as you get them up and out. But do just that, get them going. It's a weekend. It's Friday. It's here. Longhorns got some great news yesterday from head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Longhorns look like they'll be dang near fully healthy for the stretch run. Three games to go for a possible spot in the Big 12 championship game. And who knows beyond that. Talk plenty of Texas football. Rod B will take us behind the burnt orange curtain several times, and we'll certainly talk all things Longhorns and Horn Frogs coming up for the 94th and final time tomorrow uh, in TCU or in Fort Worth. Also, the uh, College and Pro Football Weekend kicked off last night. High school football playoffs kicked off last night as well. Huge slate of games in the by-district round kicking off tonight. We'll preview those and uh, wish the best of luck to all the local young athletes who are going to play in the high school playoffs starting this evening or who played last night and won football games. We've got some hoops. We've got some ba- baseball. we got all kinds of news to get to. Five hours begins right now, our five-hour, five-day-a-week morning conversation here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Appreciate you finding us. However you do on this rainy Friday morning, uh, we'll put up with the rain, right? Just be careful on the slick streets and uh, make it happen as we get it going. It is Friday, Rod. That makes it a what? It's a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition of Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Always love that. Gets me fired up and ready to go. Pumped my last doses of Afrin this morning, Rod. Oh, last man. doses of Afrin. Hey. Knock it out, brother. That's it. Got my Z-Pack going. I'm good. I'm good to crank this thing out and be into the weekend to get ready for a weekend of college and uh, pro and high school football. Uh, look who it is. Uh, by the way, I should say we appreciate you joining us on 1019, maybe AM 1260. Streaming always on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Still no cameras today. We have not resolved our audio issues with our camera set up here in the South Austin Onion Creek studios, our home studios where we're doing the show uh, next couple of weeks to uh, you know, do our improvements at our home studios back on 360 so we're still here but we're here for you live uh digitally on the radio uh but no watching on youtube or the twitch channel i know you're going to hate that watching our beautiful faces for five <laughs> hours this morning we appreciate those to do that but uh just until we can get our, our audio uh, issues rectified uh we'll just be on the radio and digitally for you uh but look who it is he is uh, our lifetime longhorn of course from the 713 DB High down there in the 713 Houston Lamar. Also DBU right here in the ATX, the University of Texas, four stops in the National Football League. 16 years now doing great radio and media here in Central Texas. Uh, he is our lifetime Longhorn. He is our proud papa, Blackstradamus himself, the football theorist, Rod Babers. You doing good, Rod B? Rod B? I'm doing great, man. It's Friday. Hey, can't complain can't on Friday. Can't complain about that. Yeah, even if you got to work on the weekend, though a lot of us do got to work on the weekends, that's all right. But still, it's Friday. Uh, it's kind of the unofficial holiday uh, of the week. So, uh, I always enjoy the Fridays. And, of course, that means lots of football to discuss. NFL, we'll talk tons of Longhorn football. Sark spoke to the media uh, yesterday, uh, broke some news, which we'll get to uh, here in a second, and also uh, broke down TCU a little bit. So, we'll talk about the Horn Frogs. Before we do that, uh, we always do this every morning, and we're happy and proud to do it. Uh, salute to those who serve, because our society built on the selflessness of service. So all those who do so, we appreciate it. It is an honor, but also a burden. So whichever capacity you decide to serve God, country, or community, uh, we want you to know that we appreciate you, the, uh, the soldiers, first responders, officers of the law, the teachers, the nurses, uh, all of you out there. We can't name uh, all the different uh, ways you serve, but we just want you to know that we're thinking about you. We appreciate you each and every morning. Uh, especially 
especially this weekend. Today is uh, happy birthday, Semper Fi, to the Marines. Amen, brother. Uh, on this, the 10th of November, and tomorrow, of course, is Veterans Day, the annual uh, occasion, a uh, federal holiday, of course, and we honor those who served in our volunteer military. Amen. Uh, it is about uh, under 2% of the population that ever serves our country, and we appreciate those that choose to do so. Uh, obviously, we have Memorial Day uh, in the summer to celebrate those who the fallen, yep. those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. But tomorrow I and mean, really all the weekend, really every day, it's about those who choose to serve. So those who have, we appreciate you very, very much. Amen. Uh, your loved ones who are not with you today. And, of course, the world's on fire a bit right now with things going on in the Ukraine and Ukraine and uh, the Middle East and all over the world. Um, we appreciate uh, the, the, the current serving veterans who will become veterans, and certainly any that have served us at any point along the way, uh, members of your family, members of my family and your family, Rod, yep. uh, we appreciate those folks. And we'll make mention of that throughout the day is uh, Veterans Day is tomorrow. I uh, cannot say it enough. Yep. Uh, and I cannot say it enough without a doubt because it is a volunteer. It's a choice, Rod. It's a choice. As you say, people choose to serve, right, and do a lot of different things. Those who choose to defend our country and make that their career and make that uh, even for a, for a short time, uh, we appreciate it every, every single day. Yes, uh, and certainly this weekend. So it's going to be a busy Friday. We'll get you into your weekend. Really started last night. Uh, the NFL game lived up absolutely to its uh, low billing. Uh, <laughs> it was dang near unwatchable. Uh, but we did have some uh, college football as well last night. But, yeah, Rod said great news from Coach Sark yesterday. Let's get to the top stories. It includes that uh, news from, uh, from Steve Sarkeesian. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories, and the top story is certainly Texas football. Tremendous news from the Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian yesterday during his weekly Thursday media Zoom availability. I'd say the, the biggest thing of note now, uh, Quinn's going to start Saturday night, and, and we're obviously as a team excited about that. He's had a great week of practice. Um, you know, I feel very comfortable uh, with his ability to, to operate the offense. I think he, his family, our medical team feel very good about um, where he's at health-wise. And so uh, we're looking forward to having him back. I think we're very fortunate that Malik got those two starts under his belt. And so knowing uh, in the future, if something, you know, Quinn wasn't able to go, that we've got a really quality backup that's won two ball games for us, one of which against a, a top 25 team, a really good defense. All right, so there it was. Quinn Ewers will start. Of course, injured in the second half of the Longhorns' win at Houston on October 21st. As he mentioned, Malik Murphy was able to lead the team to a win in that game in the second half and then back-to-back -back home wins over BYU and Kansas State. Ewers' return comes just in time for a November stretch run that includes back-to-back -back road trips to Fort Worth tomorrow, uh, Iowa State next Saturday. Wrap up with Texas Tech at home on the day after Thanksgiving. Seventh Rank Longhorns pushing for a spot in the Big 12 championship game and a chance to make their case for the college football playoff. It's not just their starting quarterback that will return. Coach Sark also confirmed yesterday that both starting right and left tackles, Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, are good to go for tomorrow night's game. Uh, Jones, of course, missed Saturday's win over K-State. Both starting safeties, Jalen Catalan and Keaton Crawford, also healthy and ready to go. Means the Longhorns pretty darn close to fully healthy for their stretch run. College football weekend kicked off last night. 11th Rank Louisville held off Virginia 31-24 to improve to 9-1 in the ACC. How about uh, NFL Week 10 kicked off in Chicago, a game absolutely that lived up to its low billing. The now 3-7 Bears held off the now 1-8 Carolina Panthers, 16-13 at Soldier Field. Lifetime Longhorn Deontay Foreman ran for 80 yards in what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown midway through the third quarter. Helped the Bears boost their chances of the number one overall pick in next April's draft. Remember, they own Carolina's first-rounder this spring as well as their own. Panthers will host the Dallas Cowboys a week from Sunday. This Sunday, the Cowboys 
will welcome the New York Giants to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Dallas currently a 17-point favorite in that game. G-Men are down to their third-string quarterback, Tommy DeVito, will make the start. That game kicks 325 on Sunday. Houston Texans are in Cincinnati to face the Bengals Sunday at noon and a good one. Houston has climbed back to 500 at 4-4. Four four. They'll roll in there with the uh, – this week's AFC Offensive Player of the Week, C.J. Stroud, to face a big test in the Queen City. Bengals have won four straight after a 1-3 and three start. They could be without wide receiver T. Higgins, however. He reportedly missed that game with a hamstring injury, suffered in practice this week. By district round of the Texas High School playoffs, kicked off last night with Wimberley, Belton, uh, Burnett, and um, Bernie, all posting dramaless wins. Full slate of first-round games taking center stage tonight, including the huge matchup at Vandergrift where the 10-0 Vipers welcome the 8-2 Lake Travis Cavaliers to Monroe Stadium. You can hear that game right here on the horn tonight, 7 o'clock with a kick, 6.45 on the pregame. Also tonight, Round Rock is at top-ranked Westlake. Vista Ridge travels to Dripping Springs. McCallum will be at Rouse. Pflugerville faces LBJ. Cedar Park travels to New Braunfels Canyon. Hutto travels to South Dallas to face Mighty Duncanville in the first round. McNeil meets Bowie, and the Crockett Cougars are in Waco to face Waco University. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Uh, yes, Sark basically uh, decided in his opening statement to reveal that Quinn was going to be the starting quarterback. It, it And we talked about this uh, yesterday, uh, my man Jerry on our QB room, uh, Jerry Hamilton of Owen, Texas football. Uh, it, it it may have been that he knew it was going to get out or it was already starting to leak out anyway. He decided, uh, you know what, I'm going to get ahead of it. I'll just let everybody know. And you still do have the benefit of TCU being at the disadvantage of preparing for two quarterbacks because they, on you know, their practice on Tuesday, on Wednesday, he didn't reveal this till Thursday, what, afternoon, um, so Thursday, that's still two day, three days of them practicing, planning on two quarterbacks. Um, and now that they're winding down, the game plan's already in. You know, now they're obviously they know it's just Quinn, so they can <clears throat> narrow down the game plans and throw out the Malik game plan. But still, I think mission accomplished. If you want to just, uh, you know, some gamesmanship and you wanted to force them to use a lot of their allotted time on, you know, preparing for Malik and for Quinn. I think you did that. So maybe he already thought, hey, uh, enough of the uh, gamesmanship. We can just reveal it because the, the, the media around Texas football is pretty damn good, and they were going to put it out there anyway. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is a TCU team that's kind of a wounded animal right now. Uh, they've lost four to five, uh, and this is a game where I think the Longhorns, we've heard all week, would like to make amends for the performance against TCU a year ago, including Quinn Ewers, who did not play well. Longhorns only scored three offensive points in that game. Uh, but from that team that made a run to the national championship game, you know, eight or nine players who are pivotal that are off to the National Football League now and pretty clear that Sonny Dykes has not replaced that production mm-hmm. and those players. They'll have a freshman quarterback in Josh Hoover. So it's a good opportunity. We talked yesterday to our friend Landry Burdine, who's the color commentator on TCU Radio, and, you know, we asked him about Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and he said, you know, you could probably go to with Murphy and still – beat this version of the TCU team. That's what he said. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow. Because, uh, you know, he's, he's watched the last five weeks, and they, they, you know, they've lost four of those games, and um, they're, they, they're, they're turnover prone. Again, Longhorns, you know, every game can become a coin flip real quick with this group. Uh, they're really good, but they still play games in spurts, and I think that would be the goal, Rod, moving forward. You have three games to go. You're now fully healthy. Uh, we, you were talking to Jerry Hamilton. I was talking to Mike Craven yesterday. We recorded our second edition of this, this uh, week's Eyes on Texas multicast, and uh, Craven was telling me, of course, Dave is Mike. Uh, Mike is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. 
he called around and talked to you know five or six Division One coaches and asked if any of their, their rosters are fully healthy, and they they said no, no, we're not close to fully healthy. And so yeah. for Sark to say we're fully healthy yep. uh, on November the tenth, um, that is that's that's saying a lot. I mean that you know we talk about championship runs needing some good fortune, right? And the Longhorns have needed some and wins over Houston and Kansas State. You need to get lucky a couple times and uh, win a coin flip game or two, and you've got to stay healthy, Rod, if you're going to win a championship. And the Longhorns have battled some injuries, but fortunately none of them were season-ending. None of them were, you know, had to have major surgeries. And uh, all, them, all the, the players are back for the most important time of the year, which is the last three. So can't ask for much more if you're a Longhorn player, coach, or fan. It's uh, a healthy team going into a stretch run. Can you play four quarters of football? Can you put four good quarters and make that the standard? You've, you've uh, checked a lot of boxes so far through the first 10, 11 weeks of the season. Can you take that next step and become a, a four-quarter football team, Rod, that really puts it on people? Uh, yeah, I mean, you just are what you are. I yeah. At this point in the season, I think they just you know, they just win the game. <laughs> I mean, if they just keep winning, I think that's that's what as best you can hope for for this team. Um, we've talked about this. They they're not gonna be a dominant team that plays damn near perfect football and flawless football. That's not who they are. Uh, they are a flawed team. They are flawed. Uh, but they got great football character. Uh, they show a, a tremendous amount of team grit. Uh, they show you testicular fortitude in clutch critical moments. Uh, they got two goal line, you know, game winning goal line stands <laughs> in this season. That's, this season alone. Gritty. They had one at, uh, one at U of H uh, and they had one last week versus K-State. That's I played. I started three years at Texas. I, I mean, I think we had like two of those in my career. <laughs> All right, you just don't do it. You don't do it a lot. And then you have two of them in the same in the same season. Now, the, you know, the, the Texas offense has dealt with goal, multiple goal line stands against them too. Uh, but still, getting back to it, yeah, it, that goes to their flaw team. <laughs> their defense has had some game winning goal line stands, but their offense actually has struggled on the goal line. Goal-to-goal situations, right? Red zone offense, still one of the worst in the country. Fortunately enough for you, TCU is also one of the worst in the country. So uh, in terms of them playing, you know, the four quarters, I I would love that. I think we all would. Um, I mean, Bama may have been the closest. They played that against Baylor, but that was a backup quarterback. At this point in the season, just find a way to win games. Uh, And I'm satisfied at this point with, with what they are. And I trust them, actually, in crucial, critical moments to perform at a high level and go out there and win the game. I do actually trust this team. I think they've actually earned that trust yeah, I think that's so far right. this year. Well, and that was one of the uh, questions. As they say, they checked a lot of boxes. That was one of the critical questions of the entire offseason. Could this team become a fourth-quarter team and, you know, perform their best in critical moments? And I think they, they have checked that box that the, at the biggest moments they play. But I still think there's another gear to this team, I guess is. what I'm saying. That, it is. And Sark has talked about it. There's, there's more to it. Can they become a team that – you know, let's be honest, even against K-State, with a backup quarterback, that's a great win, but they didn't look like a college football playoff caliber team for, for you know, the whole game, right? I mean, no. that, um, you know, that's what you want to see because this is where they are. They have a chance to go play for a Big 12 championship, but make their case to be one of the four best teams when, it, when you get there. Uh, I still think that's out in front of them, and I think that can be a carrot for Sark that, hey – Let's still let's still, now that we're fully healthy. There are no excuses. Let's go. Let's go play our best best uh, twelve quarters of football here over the next three weeks and put our best foot forward and you know show the Big Twelve, show the country that we can play with anybody. I think that would be the next step because they do feel like a confident team uh, that has absorbed some blows and uh, come out the other side. Uh, just a one loss team right now. So 
I think that's got to be the mindset of all these teams that are in the top eight or nine or ten. Uh, Ole Miss wants to go show Georgia this weekend that they belong in the conversation. You know, Penn State and 10, uh, Michigan will play uh, tomorrow. These are, these are big games. This is what's, what's great about college football. You've uh, put yourself in a position to go play for a championship. Uh, now hit the accelerator and let's go. And you, I'm sure you were part of teams like that that uh, just kept getting better because they've, 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 they've you know, survived some things and showed the, the testicular fortitude, as you call it. Now can you uh, find a new gear, find that last gear, and really you know, hit your stride down the backstretch here and, and get to the, to the tape. We'll see. It's going to be fun to watch. Look forward to tomorrow night's 6.30 kick with the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I mean, they need style points for the college football yeah. playoff committee. Uh, that would help. Uh, and, you know, we know Sark wants to score a lot of points. There's no doubt about that. The truth is if they had <laughs> improved their red zone offense, they – already be in that discussion about the style points. They'd have, they'd have scored in a, you know, 40-something points multiple times this year if they had just you know, gotten that on track, and they haven't really gotten it on track, still struggled with it a little bit versus K-State. So it, from that regard, you know, some of the um, – I will say some of the, the, the serious potential tr- tragic flaws of this team – um, they haven't necessarily improved on those. Too many defense still came up against K-State, right, uh, and red zone offense. So my, my point is that I, I agree with you. I think that is the goal to have the perfect rep. We are, I talk about that all the time, right? You want the perfect rep. Everybody is striving for the perfect rep, and they want to play the perfect game. I just think based on the sample size that I've seen, you know, yes, that is a possibility. They can still play the perfect game. Um, but like I said, I, I like the team that they are. I, you know what I mean? I, I like who they are. Sure. I, they haven't necessarily gotten better every week. That's been their struggle. Maybe it's because of injuries. Uh, maybe it's because uh, the coaches have struggled to solve some of the, the big problems, uh, like red zone offense or like, you know, two-minute defense. But it's okay. No team is going to be perfect. You're going to have issues because you don't have, you know, 11 All-Americans on each side of the ball. So you're going to have your issues. But can the coaches be problem solvers, right? Can they help you overcome those issues schematically, strategically, tactically? And as players, can you help the coaches win a chess match within the game uh, of X's and knows once you're past the battle of the game plan and preparation being able to win the battle of adjustments within the game and they're doing a much better job of doing that than they were last year or the year before players and coaches so that's that's football in a nutshell if you, and and this team some people say they play their competition it, it it's some yeah they they do play their competition but it's more about this team kind of finding a way to win every individual game and every individual matchup. The, I think the problem for Longhorn fans is they want to see them dominate these opponents that they're much more talented than, and they could, um, but I kind of like their approach in the game. They do adjust in the game. We see them. We don't necessarily like that. They have to make those adjustments like for punt blocks and that, you know, the red zone offense, but I, I, I've seen this team battle tested, yeah. and I know they can go out there and win a game against right. an elite opponent like they did against Alabama. Even when the chips are down and, you know, they have, they have to face adversity and they, you know, have it's kind of the us against the world mentality. So, I, like I said, I, I trust the team. I haven't said that about a long team in a long time. No, I think we're all in that boat. <laughs> well, and I would say that uh, maybe getting Quinn Ewers back is, is a big key to, you know, because they were on their way to that type of performance, I thought, with physically against K-State and then the – yeah. The, the mistakes uh, yep. that you know Quinn yours is likely not to make uh, in the games coming up. So so we'll see. All right, yeah. so we'll talk more Texas football. Obviously, hear more from Sark coming up behind the BOC, the burn orange curtain throughout the course of the morning. Get some what the facts for the end of the hour. Uh, we'll also say that uh, 
after last night's game. You know, last night's game in the NFL, Rod, was all about Caleb Williams <laughs> and the number one pick, right, at the top of the draft. That's what that game's about uh, with the Chicago well, Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers got no chance at it. No. <laughs> yeah, well, Panthers don't have it. It was for the Bears, yeah, right? For the Bears, yeah. So, uh, Bears, Bears <laughs> needed to win that game because that helps them because Carolina is a one-win team. So, so as I, I think as we sit here today, you know, Chicago – the Carolina Panthers would own the number one pick in April's draft. Arizona and Carolina are both one-win teams. That's crazy. Uh, so they're sitting there, and, of course, the Bears own that pick and their own. So they're sitting at one and three, essentially, right now, or one and four. That's unbelievable. That's pretty good, which is why Matt Eberflus, their head coach, is probably likely to be gone. He knows it, too. And that'll be a coveted job. He knows it, man. He knows he's gone. Dead man walking. Dead man walking. <laughs> a lot of people are already penciling Jim Harbaugh into yeah, that job. Dead man walking. To come in and draft his quarterback. Well, and well if it's not him, it's going to be, uh, be either the, 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 the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, from uh, Detroit, Detroit, or the defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Uh, or, or Jim Harbaugh or, or Jim, I was gonna say, if it's not Jim Lincoln Harbaugh, Riley. Or Lincoln Riley, yeah. We know it ain't going to be Eberflus. He knows that too. Yeah, it ain't going to be Eberflus. <laughs> He's already you know, getting his resume together. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I was looking at it, how the uh, draft order would stack up right now. Because, you know, that's, you know, we know who's at the top of the, of the situation with the Eagles and the, the Chiefs and the, the top teams. But bottom, it's Arizona and Chicago sitting there with their Carolinas pick. And they did themselves a favor last night by beating them. Deontay Foreman with a touchdown run, 80 yards on the ground. It's a good season. Ugly football game. Yeah, man. Uh, but then the Bears uh, improve themselves. They, jump, they fall behind the Giants. New York Giants are 2-7. and seven, mm. And they're in the top five. It's about to get worse. And the Cowboys difference. are 17-point favorites against the G-Men with Tommy DeVito at quarterback for the Giants. How did they ever end up with Tommy DeVito? Is Colt McCoy retired? I'm telling you. That's just what happened. You don't want to play football anymore. There is a shortage of good quarterbacks. That's why this draft is so important. Yeah, because there's a shortage of good quarterbacks. Guess who else has a top five pick as we sit here this morning on the 10th of November? The New England Patriots. They need it. Two and seven. It's time to get another quarterback. Yeah. Good for you. You're going to <laughs> L.A. Rams are three and six. Green Bay Packers are three and five. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and five. Denver Broncos are three and five. Tennessee Titans would round out the top ten as we stand today. Um, so those would be your top ten uh, if you're looking at it. Uh, the uh, the Bears though sitting in a good spot. That, that that was a big win for them. Can you imagine? I, I don't know when when you know the Texans last year took C.J. Stroud with the second pick, mm-hmm. and then traded back up to the three pick to take Will Anderson, which they feel are, you know, I think we've already seen can be foundational players for their future, yep. uh, which is what they were hoping to do for first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans. So the Texans do not have a pick, but they own Cleveland's pick. But Cleveland's winning football games right now. They're sitting there in the, uh, yeah. the AFC North not, at 5-3. and three, And they play the, the Texans uh, any favors. Right they're now. not. Yeah. Um, but they play the uh, Ravens this weekend. I'm going to take the Ravens in that ballgame. Ravens are hot. Ravens are good. Um, I might get into the Ravens a little bit in one of my rants later on. Ravens are hot, man. They they look good too. And that defense, the defense is right now one of the. It's probably the top three, one of the top three best defenses in the league right now. Nobody's paying attention to it, but yeah, no it one's is. really. I mean, I think we're paying attention to the Ravens, but because uh, we know, liked them before the season started. We yeah, were, you picked them to win division, and I picked uh, Lamar to kind of be in the MVP discussion. Yeah, I think they're both in those. The, both things are trending to be right about yeah. that. Uh, and they might be the most complete team in football right now. With uh, you know, the Niners have a chance to you know come out of their bye week and prove that they still belong in that conversation. Yeah, San Francisco, they play at Jacksonville on Sat- on Sunday. That's a fun matchup. And the game that the NFL should have moved to Sunday night. Thank you very much. Come on, flex. Uh, come on, flex. Move the Can't flex. do it until it's like it's like four days away. 
That's where they start flexing ball games. Are they? No, no, it's actually nah, week, 13, said week thirteen, right? Week thirteen. So we're yeah. still three weeks out. Exactly. That That's rule. way too long, man. Gotta change that rule. I don't. I don't need the Raiders and the Jets in prime time on Sunday <laughs> right. night. Come on, man. It's, it's one crazy. of my it's one of my my rights of Sunday night to sit back and watch a good football game. And there's nothing but winners in that flex situation too. The broadcast networks, fans, yeah, everybody teams, wins. Everybody that. wins that. And we don't see the Jets again. Yeah, or the, the Raiders. The Jets don't want to be on prime time anymore. <laughs> like, no, don't. don't put us on prime time. We're good. Can I not see Robert Sala for a minute? <laughs> Robert Sala's like, I don't want to be on prime time anymore. Guys. Yeah, I know. Please. He's on hard knocks. It's like, can we get off of this thing? I don't need to see Aaron Rodgers in a hoodie anymore. And I would like to watch the Texans game at noon and not have any other conflict. Just watch the game and then watch the Cowboys destroy the Giants and then watch a good football game. But, yeah, the Jacksonville Niners game, that'll be interesting. Both off buys. Uh, the thing about Jacksonville, Rod, is that they lost their – they went one and two and now they've won five in a row. So they're sitting at six and two. They have a – this is kind of a statement game for them, I'm sure. Doug Peterson has said to come out and host the Niners and show that they belong in this conversation with Trevor Lawrence and a good defense. Uh, the, the Niners, this is their first game with Chase Young. Don't forget, on the deadline, we missed it last, but they acquired Chase Young from the Washington football team. And uh, to go with Joey Boza, or uh, Nick Boza, I mean, this can be a really dominant defense. Can they get back to being that uh, with Brock Purdy? They've lost three in a row after their 5-0 and start. Yeah. So two teams kind of trending in different directions in the NFL this week. Uh, so you know, Chiefs and Dolphins and Eagles are all off this week, so some of the top teams won't be playing. Uh, so you get a chance to, to look at uh, – yeah. It's the, some other teams, including the Cowboys, looking to – Cowboys are going to play they're the Giants gonna, and the Panthers. They're, they're going to go ahead and whip the Giants, man. They're yeah. going to whip. Well, we they, said they're going to roll into – the Cowboys are going to roll into Thanksgiving with a chance to play Washington to get themselves on a three-game win streak. And I think the Cowboys are going to play with a little – what did our coach call it? Piss and vinegar on, mm-hmm. on Saturday, on well, Sunday, coming Dak, off that tough loss to the Eagles. They probably should have won. Dak owns the Giants anyway. Even yes, he when does. they're good, he, he plays really Ever well. Ever since Eli players. retired, they've been good against the Giants. Yeah, Eli and, used to own them. And that's – you know, now – they're bad, and the Cowboys. I'm with you. Uh, they look like they, the Cowboys will be motivated in this game. Yeah, I mean They'll they be motivated. They 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 lost the game. They should have won. And they feast on young, bad quarterbacks, oh, inexperienced QBs. Their defense could, will likely outscore the Giants in that game. Uh, defense special teams, <laughs> I would take that bet. Uh, but so they they play this game, then they play Carolina, which they'll they'll beat the bad Panthers team. Then they'll play Washington on Thanksgiving afternoon. They win those three, they'll be eight and three. But then, as we said, for the Cowboys, it's Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit in a row coming out of Thanksgiving, and that will be the gauntlet. That will be the proving yeah. point of where the Cowboys stand in the hierarchy of the NFC and in all of football. Uh, but they'll be 8-3 and three to get there, and uh, we know they're two games behind or two and a half games behind Philadelphia who will have their bye week this week. All right, so we're just getting warmed up. That's the table set. Longhorns are going to have their full roster and complement of players, including Quinn Ewers. Rod will have more on that coming up in behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, we'll talk plenty of football, high school, college, and pro. What the facts for the end of the hour uh, on a Friday edition. Happy uh, birthday to the Marines. Yes, sir. Uh, appreciate the veterans out there on this Veterans Day weekend. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. Football weekend is here. It's a Friday, Veterans Day Friday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. High school, college, and pro. Congrats to uh, the Wimberley Texans, Belton, Burnett, and Bernie all won games last night. Nice. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. To start the by-district round of the Texas high school football playoffs. I was looking at the games tonight that are going to be I – mean, we talked to Drew Sanders yesterday from Vandergrift, their showdown game with Lake Travis. That could be a third, fourth, even a semifinal round kind of game out there at Monroe Stadium tonight. And they got to play it in round one. Drippin' Springs and Vista Riggs should be a pretty good head knocker. 
Uh, I, I had to double check it a few times. Hutto, the Hutto Hippos, Rod. The Hippos. Their first round draw at four and six is to travel up to play Duncanville. Oh, that's not good. Colin Simmons and that whole crew. Right. Alex January, the Longhorn commits. That's bad luck. They had to do that last year too. It screwed up. I don't know why. Yeah, not weird. District <laughs> matchups are like that. Just, it's just the way the uh, the the you know the, the alignment draws, but. Hutto's going to travel up to South Dallas to face the Duncanville Panthers at Panther Stadium. Uh, congratulations to the Crockett Cougars, too. They're in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. They're going to go up to Waco and uh, McNeil and Bowie, Cedar Park, New Braunfels Canyon, Pflugerville, LBJ, McCallum and Rouse. Good luck to all those teams tonight uh, in their first round. I, obviously, they're all local teams, so they can't all win, but uh, hey, we wish them all the best. No doubt. Uh, uh, keep you, alive, you ever, what was your longest high school playoff run? Uh, I think we made it to uh, we made it past the second round one year, but we just faced North Shore. We beat Katie one time. Every every year in the second round, we faced Katie at North Shore, so we, <laughs> yeah. we were screwed. Yeah, we beat them one. We beat Katie one year, and then we faced North Shore. So we were gonna face Katie or North Shore every year in the second or the third round. So it was just it was brutal. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. hey we, machines. We lost to North Shore in the state championship, so I understand you on that one. That's exactly. your. That was, that's yeah. still your your toughest loss, Ty. That's still oh. the toughest loss of your career. It's, it still haunts you. Me and my buddies still have a few drinks and at the end of the night and pop it on YouTube and the arguments ensue on what we should have done or what we should have done or not done. It's, I think <laughs> it will go on for the rest of our game, life. Ty? Uh, we lost. In, rub it in, but... We lost in double overtime. We called a trick play. On the, that. We called a trick play on the one yard line when we had Sam Bam 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 Ellinger at quarterback. So yeah, I don't know. Questionable. Questionable. Questionable call, but uh, you know what? You were in the state championship game. That's pretty darn cool, but a hard loss to take for sure oh, no, they, against the uh, yeah. mighty North Shore. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you were at Lamar, which is right down in Central Houston. And we're yeah, and Lamar's Lamar's undefeated this year, I believe. I believe they, they are undefeated this year, uh, and they're gonna be pretty good. But they'll eventually, I believe, run into a Katie or a North Shore. You can't avoid it the way that well, and the Katie's playoffs West work out. And North Shore's East. The way it works out in Houston, they're always in that second or that third round. They see Katie or North Shore, and it's like I said, it's brutal. I mean, you're, and like I said, we were good. We had like three, four D1 athletes, and then we meet Katie North Shore, and we, man, that, that football machine that, <laughs> that they got going there. Westlake, like, they kind of like that too. So, uh, yeah, when you see powerhouse programs like that meet up, it's great. And Houston's not, you know, Houston Lamar is no slouch, but they're not powerhouse program. It, they, you know, it's hard to get those NHISD, any, any ISD, actually. That's why what's happening up in kind of Dallas, and even some, some of the ISDs here in Austin, we saw LBJ. It's tough for an, an, an city ISD to compete at a high level like that. You're right. Because you get so much of your talent is siphoned away. Yeah, you split you know the school I mean? so much. Yeah, and then... you got to be like, yeah, when you're on the sub, one of those suburban ISDs, you can build it. You can build it well, up. I mean, look, you know at, I mean? look at Katie, though. Katie was a power, and they still are good, but they've split into four like or five four different high schools school. now, yeah, 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 and exactly. they're not as mighty. Yeah, we had to play them when they was just one. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, think about it, it was just one out there. Well, Westlake's uh, just one, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just one, man. They were, ooh. Westlake's their own high school but, and school district. Westlake's small compared to, like, Lake Travis and it's even Van, and it's Vandegrift. Now. Vandegrift like, yeah. It's the, probably the small, yeah, one of the smallest landlocked. 6A schools in Texas. That's true. You guys have locked. It's landlocked for the most part. But well, well, e, to E's point, though, it's still been built up. They could have, they could have uh, done another high school in the Eans ISD. That's pretty obvious. But I don't know. They, 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 don't they, know. They've opened a bunch of private schools. Why do you think Regents and like, St. No. Michael's and St. Gabriel's <laughs> and all these other schools have started? Come on now. <laughs> hey, but not, all the, not all those kids live in Westlake. <laughs> I'll defend, I'll defend that is my, fair. my okay. honor here. That's fair. Just most of them. <laughs> Especially with Westlake recruiting those kids from other parts of town that come rolling in here. You know? uh, hey, you know what? I'm not mad at it, too, because I know in Lake Travis they were having the same conversations. Oh, I know. Some people want to build more schools, but they were like, nah, we're good. Well, Dripping Springs are already fighting it. Exactly.
because they need another high school. And uh, eventually, they're like, no, 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 uh, no, we're rising. We're rising, man. <laughs> if you could just keep – because we, we talked about this yesterday. You can pretty much study the uh, fertile recruiting grounds in this country by studying migration patterns and population booms. Yep. And you can really – Georgia, Arizona recently, even here in Central Texas, it's, it takes about maybe 10 years or something like that for it to really hit. But you can study – I mean, that, all, that, all that population growth here in Central Texas, now you're starting to see it with the high schools and now you got powerhouse high schools competing for state titles. That was never the case 15, yeah. 20 well, years ago in Central Texas. Competing and winning, right? Westlake won several. Winning. Lake Travis has won several. And doing it year after year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's cool. I mean, the two most fertile recruiting grounds in Texas are Houston and Dallas. And when Not North even, Shore yeah. plays Duncanville, oh, I mean, that's Houston v. Dallas, right? The best Pretty high much. school teams in the city of Houston. best, And now, you know, Westlake and now Vandergriff wants to stake a claim to that here in, in Central Texas. Uh, Lake Travis has been there. So, yeah, a lot of it's fun time. November. Uh, as all high school coaches will tell you, if you're if you're practicing in and around Thanksgiving, that's a good thing. You damn right. I never. Yeah, well, I was doing it in Texas, but not high school though. No, high school. <laughs> that was that was Coach hey. Dodge's mantra until we got. It was like, hey, get to Thanksgiving, and then we'll talk. We, we want to be practicing yeah, exactly. on on Thanksgiving, having a turkey bowl was what was what we called. That's it. awesome. That's that's pretty cool. That's so cool. High high bar. All right, let's uh, dive behind the burn orange curtain. Longhorns are getting Quinn Ewers back. They're healthy. They're ready for their stretch run. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What? is behind that curtain. All right, uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian talking about the TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, man, I think the, the, you know, the statement that he made in saying that Quinn Hughes was going to start, uh, yeah, it may have had something to do with the media probably already breaking the story, uh, but I think that it, it probably has more to do with this Texas team wanting to be as all-in as they could be potentially against TCU. I know they're a heavy favorite, even with Malik. The number did jump up, though. Did it, I think, Ty, what did it increase? A point and a half, two points? It's up to about thir- 12 or 13. So I think it, it went up it quite went close from, to two from points. From 10 and a half to about 12 Thir- immediately yeah. within the announcement. So and about one and a half to two points. It's almost two touchdowns. There you go. Uh, and, yeah, they, they were a big favorite anyway with Malik, uh, but even bigger favorite. I think Sark announcing that they're completely healthy, that everybody's practicing right now, too. Um, he wants people to know this team is ready to play their best football of the season, and hopefully that is against TCU. Um, so here's Sark, uh, opening statement from yesterday's media avail- Zoom media availability. Uh, here's opening statement talking about uh, their upcoming matchup with TCU. All right. Um, well, I think, uh, like I referenced earlier in the week, it was fantastic this week having uh, kind of our full allotment of our team back out there at practice. And you could feel the competitiveness. You could feel the energy. I was really impressed with our guys coming off of last week's game, um, which sometimes you can play in those types of games and they can be a bit exhausting mentally as much as they are physically. And uh, I thought our guys came back to work this week. And I think we've got a football team that's really focused. Um, I know as much as there's a lot of noise going on around the team with, with what potentially could happen down the road, I think, you know, what we try to do as a staff is acknowledge those things and then get our guys right back to being refocused on the task at hand. And uh, that's getting ready to play a really good TCU football team that, uh, you know, you can get caught looking up at their record and thinking, oh, they must not be hitting must not be very good. They've been in a lot of tough games, uh, a lot of tight games and, and maybe not have finished them the way they would have liked, but they're, they're more than capable and uh, they're a very good team veteran defense, as I touched on. So I think when you turned on the tape, uh, they definitely got our players' attention. I think also, I think our players know we did not play very good against them a year ago. 
and that they, uh, you know, they want to go out and put their best foot forward uh, on the road, uh, which we know is going to be a hostile environment at night. Uh, and so it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of poise and composure, uh, not only in the moment Saturday night when we're playing, but in our preparation. And it takes, you know, that mental intensity and that focus needs to be there. So I've been proud of the guys this week. Um, I will say with all that, we continue to kind of have this loose confidence that, that I really enjoy about them. You know, I, I don't feel like uh, they're tense right now. I feel like they feel confident what their, what their abilities are. Uh, and it's going to take, it's going to take a team effort Saturday. And so we're looking forward to that. I'd say the, the biggest thing to note now, uh, Quinn's going to start Saturday night and, and we're obviously as a team excited about that. He's had a great week of practice. Um, you know, I feel very comfortable, uh, with his ability to, to operate the offense. Uh, I think he, his family, our medical team feel very good about, um, where he's at health wise. And so, uh, we're looking forward to having him back. I think we're very fortunate that Malik got those two starts under his belt. And so knowing uh, in the future, if something, you know, Quinn wasn't able to go, that we've got a really quality backup that's won two ball games for us, one of which against a, a top 25 team, a really good defense. So uh, we're, we're fortunate in the position that we're in, um, but it'll great. it'd be great to have uh, number three back out there Saturday night. All right, there you go. Um, Sark basically saying that it's Quinn, and he liked the way that Quinn approached it. We'll talk about that. But getting back to the the point he made about Malik, um, I I really do think the two starts are going to help Malik's growth and development. You know, for the quarterback competition ahead, but also in case knocking on some wood, if he's got to come in this season. One thing Sark brought up um, in between the first and second start uh, about Malik. He talked about how the practice reps are so much different for quarterbacks than the game reps. And it's so true. I mean, they're, they're, they're protected in practice. They got halos around them in practice. And he talked about how uh, in the game things speed up, but also there's a physicality element uh, to, to, the, to the reps in the game that quarterbacks just aren't accustomed to because they don't see it in practice. And it really does affect your mechanics and it affects the way uh, that you move in the pocket. Uh, it should affect your speed. And I think for a young quarterback like Malik, he's going to practice better. And he's going to practice at a different speed because now he actually knows and he can simulate, at least mentally, how fast, how physical the game reps are. Yeah. And as a player, you know, practice is very different. You practice more than you play. In football, right? So you gotta get, you gotta get, become a great practice player. And you gotta get accustomed to this, making sure the speed and the simulation of practice is as close to game reps as you can get. And sometimes it's on you. It's you not moving at the proper speed. It's you not pushing yourself enough. I think now Malik's gonna push himself even more. He's going to understand, all right, that's a throw that, that I'm not going to make in the game. He's going to try his best and mentally try to make those, those practice reps now as close to game reps as possible now that he actually has some game reps on his resume to recall. I think that's right. I think that's uh, well said. I mean, that's you know you can only learn by experience, right? You, mean, yep. you can watch all you want, but once you're in the game, in the, in the live action, you understand now, okay, that's how I've got to you know, practice. And that, that's well said. It's well said. How you got to approach it. Um, so I just think his, uh, the mental side for him actually will, will speed up. Okay, let's hear from Sark and, t and, and talk about why. His Sark talk about why he's so confident to name Quinn the starter uh, because Quinn uh, approached the injury, as uh, Sark said, in a, uh, a very careful and responsible way. Here's Steve Sarkisian. Well, I, I think it started really coming out of the Houston game. I, I thought his approach to the injury um, was, was very professional. 
He did the work needed uh, from a rehab standpoint. He stayed very engaged uh, with the team and with us offensively. You know, he was wearing the headset uh, in game on the sideline, hearing the play calls, hearing the adjustments. Um, and so that when he really came back to practice this week, when he really practicing, it didn't feel like there was a lot of rust, you know, not only physically, but mentally. And I thought he got stronger as the week went on of, of really throwing the ball. And he went out the last two days and I didn't feel like there was a throw he couldn't make. And he made all the throws in, in a very comfortable fashion. Um, and I thought he managed you know, the, the game plan really well. There you go. So uh, the mental reps he took, and I'm sure he was helping out Malik. Yeah, you, you go into a coach mode when you have an injury like that, and you're the vet, and the young guy's in there. So that also helps you to be being able to teach a subject. Right, you got to know a subject to teach it. And I'm sure that he has some uh, moments on the sideline. He was like basically working as a tutor for a young Malik. And also another thing about Malik, though, Malik's now got real film to watch on himself, too, to improve. Yeah. And also something that's invaluable. You, you got game reps to look and go, man, my footwork there. Okay. Oh, well, man, why am I throwing up my back foot? That kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll hear more from Sark throughout the morning. I'll say this, that uh, uh, not just the starting quarterback. Now you have a, a right tackle in Cam Williams, a young guy who got yeah. to play in a big game against yep, a ranked team. And, Great point. You know, all these guys who have had to step in for injured players, now they get to step back and kind of watch the starter take the position back, but at the same time, you know, learn from that valuable experience, and that just helps the overall depth of the team yes, moving forward because you yeah. never know. They're one play from being right back in there. Uh, stay mentally ready now. Uh, we'll hear Sark because he was asked, you know, Malik's state of mind going back to the bench and those kind of things. We'll hear from Sark uh, throughout the morning. Uh, we got a lot to do. We'll get to uh, some NFL facts, or excuse me, NFL, some sports facts of the day. Uh, what, what the, the facts. facts say. We've got to have those from around the landscape on this Veterans Day weekend. Happy Veterans Day to those. Thank you. We appreciate those who have served our country. Uh, tomorrow is Veterans Day. We come back. Uh, it is What the Facts uh, Friday. Give them the woo, Rod. Woo! Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday on The Horn. What the facts time. You know, Rod, it is a fact that uh, the top two of the top three teams in the country will hit their stretch run. Longhorns have three to go and have kind of played through the toughest part of their schedule. It feels like uh, Ohio State sitting at number one in the current college football playoff rankings. That's a fact, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're up there because they've already posted victories over Penn State and Notre Dame, you know, top 15 caliber teams. Michigan and Georgia, uh, number two and number three, both hit their stretch where they're going to have to prove it, right? I think most people expect that they can, but Michigan will play Penn State this week, then Maryland at Maryland, then Ohio State to wrap it up. So three games, including a, a game against the number one team in the country in Ann Arbor, Georgia who's mostly unproven. Their best win to this point is over Kentucky. Uh, Missouri, I guess, would be an argument now, too, since they beat them last year, last week 30-21. to 21. Mm -hmm. They now play Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Top 10 team at number 10, coming off their win over Texas A&M with Lane Kiffin. And then next week, Rod, they're playing at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Uh, so of the regular season, their two toughest games coming over the next two weeks for the Georgia Bulldogs. This one this week is at Sanford Stadium in, uh, in Athens. Next week will be in Knoxville. 
Uh, so we'll see if there's any shake-up at the top. Ohio State, I mean, Michigan's with two really tough games in the next three. Georgia with back-to-back tough SEC tilts. Hard to root for Lane Kiffin, but Lohan fans got to try. Yeah, did you see the, <laughs> you hear the audio that came out yesterday? Yeah. We'll have to play that, that coming up uh, in our bullish or BS. How do you feel about that? That's, ugh. That made me feel I don't icky. like it at all. That made me, yeah, I didn't feel, ugh. Just we'll get into that. There's a that's an ugly one. young player that's fought a lawsuit against yeah. uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Some ugly details on that. And uh, there's some audio that has been released. It's exactly what I'd expect from a, from a person like him. Oh, yeah. He yeah. has a reputation does, for acting yeah. like that, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. he does. Well, hey, we'll play that coming point. up. Yeah, he does. Also, uh, we've got some other good stuff coming up in our next hour. But uh, what do you have in What the Facts, Rod? Uh, what the Facts, couple of facts for you. Uh, okay, so let's talk some uh, NBA. Let's talk about the Mavs a little bit. Uh, the Mavs are struggling uh, scoring in the paint and defending in the paint, apparently. Over the last games, the Dallas Mavs have been the NBA's worst on both ends of the paint, scoring per game. Paint points per game, uh, they're 30th at 37. Opponent uh, paints per uh, points per game in the paint at 61.7. That's 30th. So they're 30th on defense, 30th on offense in uh, points in the paint, and the differential is right now 24. Negative 24 points in the paint differential for the uh, Mavs. That ain't nothing new. That ain't nothing new. Yeah, that's I Dwight know. Powell. That's the Dwight Powell factor right there. That's the Dwight Powell effect. Everything comes back to how bad Dwight Powell well, is. Well, yeah, Derek, Derek Lively, the rookie, has been out a few games, so I'm sure that, that plays into it. But he's, I mean, he showed a lot of promise. Um, Tyson Chandler working hand-in-hand with him and the coaching staff uh, to get him you know, ready to be a starting caliber NBA center in his rookie season. So I, I expect that number to improve, but that's, that's been the biggest issue the past few years is, is post-scoring post post and defense. Yeah, six and two now for the Mavs. Uh, all right, so how's, here's a fact, Rod, and what the facts. You know, C.J. Stroud, well, the facts. Texans quarterback, will go head-to-head with Joe Burrow. Yes, sir. Uh, good quarterback matchup on Saturday at noon or Sunday at noon. C.J. Stroud is not only the reigning now AFC Offensive Player of the Week after his record-setting performance last week against Tampa. You know, his father, Coleridge Bernard Stroud, has never seen him play. Yeah, uh, whether to prison. State. Yeah. Yeah. His Stroud, and this is – He's serving a 38-year sentence and isn't eligible for parole until 2040, likely when his son's career is over. Stroud said this week he wants nothing more than his dad to be able to see him play. He said, I got to talk to my dad a bit this week, praying to God that something can happen, that he can get out and come see one of these games. But I just think let, let it be known that it's not just my dad's situation, the whole criminal justice system. Uh, he's talking about rats and roaches in the prisons and whatnot. He says, don't get me wrong, criminals should pay their time, but they're still humans. Um, Stroud using his spotlight as a platform for doing good. In criminal justice reform, but uh, that's a that's a quality young guy right there. Yeah, yes, he man, he's a he's a leader. He's a natural leader. Uh, I got one more for you before we get out of here. Um, how about this? The Miami Dolphins—they run the most plays offensively with motion. Uh, Thirty-one touchdowns they scored on offense this year. Twenty-seven of them have been with a player in motion, moving at the snap. It's what they do really well. They love it. It's a cheat code. The more you talk about them. that cheat code, is more I wonder why there are teams that don't do it. They're, more, they're doing it more because <laughs> of the Dolphins. The, the, the percentage is going up. The yeah. rate of it, yeah, no doubt. Dolphins, yeah. Chiefs, League. Eagles all off this week. Dol- that's that's going to be a, a, that's a fact. That's a huge impact on fantasy football teams because <laughs> they have a lot of uh, Chiefs. They've got a lot of Eagles, and they've got a lot of uh, Miami Dolphins. That's a great point. Three of the best offenses great in the league. Point. Hey, uh, good luck this week in your fantasy matches. We'll uh, pick it up on the other side. Hour one of five in the books. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.